If the act, if are we ready? Can you do that? So let me just give you uh, some simple non-duality. Yes, non-duality. Have you heard it? Yeah. So non-duality. The word non means not. Yeah. And duality means two. So basically, the idea of non-duality isn't an affirmation. It's a negation. It's saying not two. It's not the one. That would be affirmation. It's not two. Yeah. So it's it's negating duality. And then if you look at duality, it really doesn't matter. But the 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 uh, let's say the what we're in now, in a way, is a dualism, yeah? So in a sense, there's subject-object going on. So there's consciousness, let's say, or something that's contacting. It's not a thing, yeah? It's contacting what's happening here. So you contact seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching all day. We all have the same basis. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And then in the mind, the Buddhist, Buddhism would say there's a sixth sense, and that's the, the mind noticing thoughts yeah so these things this is the conscious contact so that conscious contact is seeing yes hearing feeling tasting touching let's just keep it at that so that's the engagement now what happens is the mental process arises later so the conscious contact is the initial no time yet, nothing. Just seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And then in time, the mental process arises, yet yeah, notices the consciousness, and then claims the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and uses the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching to imply the seer, the feeler, the hearer, the taster, and the toucher, yeah? So the mental process claims the activity of living, which is verbing, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, doing, all this. And when it contacts that, it claims it to imply a doer, and a thinker, and a feeler, and a taster, and a toucher. So the mental process responds to the verbing of life and finds a noun in it. Yeah? You don't have it when you're a baby. The first, from whatever, a couple of months to about 18 months, there's no sense of you being different. And you're, there's no claiming of what's happening. Like when a kid takes a shit in his pants, it's like not looking embarrassed. You know, it's just, just everything's happening. And then the brain develops, and the brain has a narrative. So it, the basis of the narrative is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. But it uses that to imply to become the star of the narrative, which is the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher, which is framed as a body, basically. Yes. So when there's a noticing of seeing right now, there's a feeling it's you that's seeing it. Yes? And that you is framed as a body. It's just totally recognizable. Just watch your day. Yeah? When you're seeing, well, thinking's even better. Yeah? So when there's, when there's a noticing of thoughts, there's a feeling that you're either the thought about because they're about this body, or you're the thinker. Yeah? That's what happens. You have a feeling. It's called a sense of self. A sense, it's a feeling, yeah, that's being generated. Yet, so what happens then is the conscious contact, which is living life, is replaced with an interpretation of life. So instead of life is happening, which is what's going on, it's seen as life's happening to me, which isn't what's going on, yeah? 
from our self-centered point of view, that's how it looks, but that's not what's happening. Life's happening, yeah? And if you get in the way of something, it wasn't really probably intentional, it was just happening, and you were there for the happening to happen too, in a sense, yeah? So, if you just see it, it's just so... I'm just gonna explain it, because at least you'll leave with an understanding. It won't do you any good. The you that you're not, it won't, but I'll throw you a bone, you know? So, and because most people talking about things, they have no idea what they mean. Just look at the two words, not two. That's basically it. So if there's a feeling of subject-objectness in you, it's non-duality is basically saying not two. That there is no, there is not subject-object. Maybe there's subjectivity, but there's not subject-object. In other words, the mental processes confuses the subject with the object. So when consciousness, which you could call subjectivity, moves through, yes, the mental process believes it's at the attributes, attributes of the body. So now suddenly you're the one who's conscious. You don't think that changes everything? Would a life as a verb be different than a life as a noun? there would be an extreme difference. If you were verbing, that sense of verbing was your paramount connection to what was happening, it would be so different than if you were waiting for the verb to be claimed and made up into a noun, yeah? It's like being on a time delay to the point where you have no idea what's fucking going on. You're having a bad day and it takes you to four o'clock in the afternoon to realize that. I mean, you were there the whole day. Why wouldn't it have dawned on you earlier? Because we're taking, we're listening to a narration of what's going on, and I'll tell you, and suddenly, here's the verb, I've seen it so clearly. It's, you could, so here's the scene, hearing, feeling, tasting, then the mental state arises, and so that what comes after, which is the idea of being the seer, is presupposed to be before, and that's the ownership of everything, yes? So there's an action, gets claimed, there's an implying of the actor, and the actor gets guilty or pr pride about what he thought or she thought they did. But it, the, the actor came from the acting. The, the acting did not come from the actor. The action yeah, is used to imply the actor. And we're living in a freaking weird time warp where the noun that's made up is now that which is doing or not doing everything when it's actually the verbing is what's happening, and then the mental state's claiming the verbing to imply a noun, and then making a leap and saying the noun did it, yeah? So when you see, when they're seeing, there's a feeling you're seeing, isn't it? When you're feeling, it's amazing. You know how many feelings or sensations go through a body? And every one of them, very nonchalantly, is being claimed to imply one feeler. One feeler. It has an imaginary idea, and it uses millions of things that are happening to imply it. It's incredible. Thoughts, so many freaking thoughts, and every one of them's hold as either about you or about your life, or you're the thinker of them. Every one of them. It's sort of like the difference between a bottle, yeah, and my bottle. So here's a bottle. All right, a bottle. Now. It's a feeling, when I see the bottle, I go, that's my bottle, meaning this. 
And now suddenly the bottle has a meaning, yeah? What's what, could you imagine 8,000 bottles going by and each one, my, 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 my. <laughs> you would probably feel like the idea that you have of what's being pointed at, yes? And you'll see it in the mirror reflections and this and you'll see others and there you go, yeah? So this whole thing is like Ramana Maharshi, have you ever heard of him? Very powerful, he's passed away, but powerful character. And he said, there's a presupposing, and you, the word pre infers time, yes? If something was assumed and then pre-assumed, it meant it was assumed now, but it was assumed that it was been like that for years, yeah? So there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing, the body, yes? Or like a glove that you think is what's animating itself, but then when you see the glove without the hand, you realize it wasn't the glove, it was the hand, yes? So without that spirit, so to speak, this body would be a non-existent thing. So there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing that wants to get salvation for the non-existent thing. There's a lot wrong in there. <laughs> Just check it out. So there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing now now is seen to be existing because the mental state confuses the glove with the hand. And now takes believes the hand attributes signify the glove, really. Okay, so there's this presupposing of a non-existent thing that wants to get salvation for the non-existent thing. What happens then? Your spiritual practices themselves will be reinforcing the non-existent thing. How can they destroy it? So that which you're using to get out of something is reinforcing that you're in something that you're not in. So while you're believing you're working yourself out of something, you're actually digging the hole even deeper. That's an incredible warning. Yeah. And you know, the belief or the idea that spirituality is more noble than other stuff, and this little freaking pathogen, this weird idea of identification as something or not, would never dare cross the threshold of that. Give me a break. It's inundated in and everywhere. It's even better because the spiritual addiction will be going on for lifetimes. Could you imagine if you ordered a couch and they didn't bring it and you called them, hey, it may take some lifetimes for you to get the couch. You say, fuck you, give me your money back, but we're doing this now. Oh, it's not gonna happen this lifetime. Give me a freaking break. If you are what you're looking for, how could it take any time to find that out? If you are, this. If you like St. Francis, then listen to some of the things he said. He said, what's looking is what you are looking for. What's looking right now is what you're looking for right now. He didn't say what's looking, and if it fulfills 80, 80 pages of requirements, will suddenly become what you're looking for. It's what's looking right now is what you're looking for. What a beautiful stop, isn't it? How long, how much time would that happen? Take, how long? And then you would, but see the head goes like this, tries to see what's looking. It is what's looking. It's using what's looking to look for what's looking. That's why it's blind as what's looking. If you could stop, you know, or just see you're not that which is driving and seeking, to see that you're not that, 
there would be a relief that you would hope you would get after years of practice would be available now. Be better than 50 Thai massages, really. There's a, there'd be a drop, this, it's like a giant dry current of time, driving, seeking and seeking and seeking, it's slavery. And you can't go out, you cannot get off the ride as the ride. The car cannot get out of the car, you gotta see you're not the car. If you see you're not the car, the doors suddenly appear and you get out, yeah? So this whole point to me of non-duality, is not to study what you are, or know what you are, or understand what you are, or try to experience what you are. It's really studying what you're not, knowing what you're not, understanding what you're not, because you're experiencing what you're not all day. Yeah? Because you cannot know what you are, because you're being what you are. Yeah? Knowing yourself as yourself isn't available. You'd have to be something else to know it, yeah? You'd have to be something other than what you're looking for to look for it, yeah? So this is a simple negation of the false premise. So I see what I'm not, and in seeing what I'm not, I gotta get a sense of what I am, which is the seeing of what I'm not, basically. That's what it is. It's like a little weird, but the emphasis shifts, and suddenly the horse is in front of the cart, and that stuff that you were driving to arrive at becomes available right now. And when it becomes available right now, it tells you it's always been available right now. You know, what you were believing was, a mis- it was just a mistake. It was a misunderstanding. I tell you, I'll give you a story. When I was about 12 years old, I lived in Long Island and, uh, you know, started to think about the opposite sex and stuff. My hair was going a little bit longer, and there was a mall, there was a new mall called, uh, in Roosevelt Field. It was called Roosevelt Field in the middle of Long Island, I think, in Uniondale. So I would get, I had this, these, this outfit I'd wear, a pair of red corduroy pants, jeans, and a long sleeve gray shirt. And I'd wear it on Saturday, take the bus there, and then walk around the mall looking at my reflection in all the you know, shop windows. And I saw a lot of people were looking at me. So I said, hey, this works. So I go next Saturday or there's two Saturdays later, wear the same outfit, you know, these red jeans and this gray t-shirt. And they thought I had it going on. And then one of my friends had some compassion because I kept talking to him about this gray shirt and red, t- and, uh, red pants. And he said, you know those corduroys of yours? They're magenta, bro. And that's gray shirt's pink. You got a, you're wearing a pink shirt and magenta pants every fucking Saturday. And as soon as he told me, I saw it as magenta and pink, and I never saw it as gray and red again. And I didn't, and I didn't go into the closet to make sure. Even though I assumed or supposed, yes, that it was gray and red for months, as soon as someone pointed out to me, I saw it and it was the end of it. It never fake like it was, you know, gray and red. It was fucking magenta and pink. Yes, this is sort of like what the message is. Yeah, we're here trying to talk, not to you, because that doesn't go anywhere, really. We're trying to throw the message over your head because we're trying to reach everywhere, which you can't miss, really. All I gotta know, it's like, you know, a basketball game, the two guys, the jump ball, I just gotta throw it a little higher than your little mental fucking hands. 
And so everywhere it gets it. So we're talking to what you are about what you're not. We're not talking to what you're not about what you are, because that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah? It doesn't go anywhere. It's a mistake direction. And there's a great Zen master, Chinese, called Hoang Po. He said, you can't use, and so here he is at a meeting, let's say, he's talking to people. And so there's Bill, Mary, Jean, Sue, let's say, are there. They have Chinese names, but let's just say Bill, Mary, Jean, Sue. And so he starts talking, but he's not talking to Bill, Mary, Jean, Sue. He's talking, hopefully, through Bill, Mary, Jean, Sue to the Buddha, yeah? And he says this to the Buddha, though Jean, Mary, Bill, Sue think they're hearing it, and it is, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use light to seek light. You can't use mind to seek mind. Now, he, would, he wasn't a sadist. He wouldn't say this to Jim, Bill, Mary, because then the person would get confused of a 30-year Buddhist life. He was trying to get around or through the obscuring agent, which is the Buddha being identified as Bill, Mary, Jim, and Sue. Yes? So every time the Buddha, a.k.a. Bill, would hear the message about the Buddha, he didn't hear it as the Buddha, he heard it as Bill. And then the only way Bill could understand that is I can become like a Buddha. Because how is he going to get the hit that it is the Buddha if he thinks he is Bill right now? The Bill's going to win out. So this message is actually hopefully going to the Buddha, which we all are, about Bill, Mary, Jim, and Sue. Because that goes somewhere. That I've seen work. When the Buddha hears about you, it goes somewhere. When you hear about the Buddha, it doesn't go anywhere, in my view. So this is the whole, it's just, that's it. It's direction, it's emphasis, it's a loss of interest. It's not concentrated, vigilant interest. You lose interest in a lot of stuff. Yeah? And then that interest gets reconfigured or redirected, and you'll observe where it went. You're not the director of it, but you'll observe it, and you'll see that you're not looking for what can't be found. <laughs> You've lost the interest in the need to be liberated. And uh, what you are does never get put off to a future arrival point. Yeah? In other words, what you hope would be available to through tons of practice is available right now. And so things get corrected, and then I saved a lot of money. So my spiritual budget went to zero. Yeah. <laughs> and if you took my blood and checked out for spirituality, it would come register 0 0.00000. I don't have any spirituality in me whatsoever. I have no interest in fuck this as a topic. I have no interest in this as a destination. I have a lot of interest as a vehicle or a system that's working, yes? Yeah, being awake to what you are uh, works. Yeah. You travel lighter, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty damn stable. And it allows you to be available because you are and present because you are. And when you're available and present, which you are, you're of service, yeah. It's just that simple. And there's all these insane ideas that I used to believe, the idea that I have to get into the moment, 
which is predicated on the insane idea I could be out of a moment. I just don't see I could, I've ever been out of any moment, so that just squashed any movement towards being in the moment, which is the bigger being out of the moment. If you're trying to get into the moment, you believe you're out of the moment. And that will override you arriving in the moment. That all the moments, if you weighed them, there'd be like 90% you're out of the moment, and then maybe at the retreat or at the fucking peak experience of the ayahuasca event, you're in the moment. But that's 90% out, 10%, 5% in. That's a bad cost ratio, isn't it? Oh, man. So this is basically, you never get gypped. You're just here. You don't go anywhere. You never have, never will. And what this is can't leave a mark on what you are. Cannot. And first of all, it cannot get before what you are. There's never going to be a seer of what's seen. There is no noun. There is no noun. All nouns derive from a verb. Everything is verbing here. There's no nouns. Yeah. So then what happened with this idea the most important thing is warn people about the pitfalls because let's say you describe, let's, you know, let's say we all go to a three-day retreat and chant we're not a body. What would happen if you're identified as a body doing that? All the chanting you're not a body is reinforcing the idea of being a body. You think it's going the exact opposite way, but that's what happens. Yeah? The only thing that wants to get out of a body is what thinks it's in a body. <laughs> so there's this little thumb thing we have in recovery it says it's the biggest unspoken step step of recovery in my view it says you got to quit playing god yeah and it says why it doesn't work basically that's what it says so i would think you need to recognize what's playing god so i would say the head is yeah you want to call it that. The thought system, when you wake up, it tells you how the day's going to be. How does it fucking know how the day's going to be? Or how you were, or how you're going to be, or I'll never be loved. It pontificates and forecasts huge things all day. And you're basically being moved by it because there's a belief in it because it sounds like you, yeah? You want, if it was Stanley broadcasting and you weren't Stanley, you would fucking turn off the station. But it sounds like you, so you've been listening to it as a great devotee for 40 years, you know? So, so it says, all right, you gotta quit playing God. Wow, all right. So, but let's say you're, what you're identified as is in the act of playing God, all right? Let's just say that. So what, that which is in the act of playing God hears the, to it, it sounds like an order. It's just a suggestion, but it sounds like an order. Quit playing God, all right. So now that which is playing God tries to quit playing God. Isn't that playing God? Ad infinitum. Tell me where that would work. I, one second, 800 years. It can't get out of it. It can't get out of the little Chinese thumb torture because it wants, you know, how can I quit playing God? <laughs> that would be playing God. Yeah. What happens? You see you're not that which is playing God. That's the way. The best way to escape is to realize the place you want to get out of is an imaginary place. It won't take any time. Yeah? And you'll know it. If, it's, if this hits you, 
It doesn't matter if it hits you or not. You've all been served the spiritual subpoena. You know? You're going to go to your own courtrooms and you'll see what happens. Because these are verifiably good fucking shoes and if they fit, you wear them. Yes? So these things were said and they landed and I, I entertained them and my spiritual pants fell down, basically. I realized the whole thing, if trying to arrive at where I already am through this is impossible. This doesn't have the mechanism to get, any, to get anything about what it is. It doesn't. I'm never going to be able to embrace it. I'm never going to have it. I'm never going to acquire it. I'm never going to experience it because I am it. Yeah? All those movements that would work for anything else you're not do not work in this case because you are what you're looking for. Yeah? So you are being what you're looking for. Yeah? And when you attempt to find that from what you're not, that attempt to find it reinforces what you're not. It doesn't reinforce what you are. In other words, it strengths, it strengthens that which is obscuring what you are from the point. You're, in other words, you're not helping. Yeah? You're not helping. You're not. It would be much better if you lost interest in all of it, and that interest and all that concentration was dispersed, you'd see a whole lot more when you're not looking at anything. You really would. And then these things you've heard, maybe just maybe they would catch hold, yeah? And maybe they would, they would come under the pathogen and change from inside out, or sort of more like bleeding through a canvas. Stop, you're not, not putting more colors to change it, but let something bleed through, yeah? So it all, you know, it always boils down to me, which is this, this emphasis of, are we looking for what we are from what we're not, yeah? That's just, that's just the little hypothesis. And then, is it possible that I could see that from what I am? Yes, definitely. Because the one quality that cannot and has never been marred or blemished is the awareness, yeah? The awareness is before all the mental activity, all of it. So you can see the activity of the mental process being identified as the doer, the thinker, the feeler. You can see it. Yeah? And hopefully one time in seeing it, the emphasis will be on the seeing, yeah? Not all the pointing. Because the pointing is just suggesting the head to picture itself, and it does so as a body, yeah? If you, if you can see, turn that around, and then see that happening instead of looking from it, yeah? See it. That's the freedom. The freedom from the bondage is before the bondage. And when you see it, it will tell you it's always been this way. So in a sense, there was nothing ever happened that you believed did. Nothing that you believed exiled you from the truth actually has ever occurred. <laughs> you haven't moved one iota. Not one thing you did or didn't do left a mark or added distance between what you are and what you are. It's like that story of the prodigal son. You ever hear that with Jesus? Or in the Bible he says it. There's a guy... And it, uh, he has a very rich father and stuff, but he goes out and gets loaded, and he fucks up, and he gets guilty about it. So he feels like, I can never go back home. And so he starts living on a bottom, and he ends up in a pigsty, you know? And he's trying to fight the pigs to get the, you know, the corn cobs. And then finally, he just has this bottom, 
something just collapses and he, th- and he thinks of his father and suddenly the father's right there on the road with him with some new clothes and a ring and says, hey, we're having a big feast, let's go. Now, he went through 10 years of this exile, but as soon as he gave up that old idea, it was gone. The father was ready and willing to be available at all fucking times. He wasn't because he was in the act of playing God. He thought he knew what God was going to do or didn't or did like. And as to, until he gave that fucking up, he was going to be seemingly exiled from the fucking heaven, from the Father. As soon as he gave up, not him, gave up the old ideas. Demo. This is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. If these shoes fit, wear them. If it feels like it's... Rep- it's this has happened with me in recovery. Recovery... We're like amplifications of basic self-centeredness, you know? So let's say basic self-centeredness would be acoustic, acoustic, you know, uh, system. And then if you're an addict and uh, drunk, it electrifies the system. So instead of like acoustic James Taylor, you've got Inagata de Vida, you know, a lot of drum solos, a lot of everything. It gets more fucking amplified. And all the things, like if you're... Got, if you have a little jealous streak and then you drink and use, you're up on stalking charges a few weeks later. It amplifies a lot of the contracting qualities, yeah? So it just gives like that, yeah? So this self-centeredness. So in, in recovery, we recognize that it's selfishness and self-centeredness, but it's not commonly recognized that it's really the act of being identified as a self, to me, is the root of it. So what happened was, there's a chapter in the, in the big book of AA, which is going over the 12 steps, and it's how it works. And it talks about inventory, where we take an inventory of our life, and we look at resentments we have or had, fears, and harming other people in the pursuit of what we want, and we look at our sexual behavior. Yeah? And this little basic inventory, and it starts at four columns in a way, and first you say, all right, this person, I resent this person, and then why? and what instincts did it affect, and then my role in it. And the youth, the first big movement in recovery is to finally see your role in something, really. It's like the big first wave when you can see that you have something to do with all the misfortunes that have befallen you. In other words, yeah? Like, oh, why did they arrest me? Well, you were trying to break into that liquor store. You conveniently forget that. And no, those fucking cops are always harassing me. But you're putting yourself in the position to be harassed by cops. Yeah, that one we miss. So suddenly you get that, yeah? And, then, and it opens up a big possibility, just that little step. So I was reading this chapter because I led workshops on it, and there was a sentence that said, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, yeah? Meaning now. In other words, you're convinced of certain ideas in life. Maybe they've been beaten into you. Maybe you've had a revelation. Maybe it's grace. But you're now convinced of what? You're being convinced that self, this feeling of being the doer, the owner, the haver, the loser, yes, the thinker, the feeler, this, I, this, this feeling of self is manifested in various ways as what has defeated us. It's a beautiful statement because it's naming this this idea of self as foreign to us, yeah? It's saying being convinced that this, let's say, thing we're calling self, manifested in a lot of ways, has defeated us. We are now gonna look at its manifestations, not our manifestations, its, self's manifestations. 
So the self is manifesting through this possibility, and then this system is claiming the self's manifestations as its own. It's sort of like if Stanley was acting out through me, and every time I noticed that acting out, I called the mind. You would be in the act of being identified, yes, with Stanley, yes? It would be a present tense condition. You were, some pathogen was manifesting through you and you were calling them yours. This is a dilemma. Yeah, because if they're yours, you can't, the only way you can entertain being free is as that self. If you're identified with the disease, you're looking to become, become free with the disease instead of from the disease. Yeah. You can't recover as the disease, you recover from the disease. Yeah. So this is what happened. I was reading the sentence and I saw self as that foreign installment. I like to use a parasitical movement. Yes, whatever, any way to see it as other than you. I saw it and suddenly I saw that, when I saw it like it wasn't me, the first possibility arose, which is I can be free from it. Yeah, I can be free from it. And then it told me in a split second, years of living, and what I've been trying to do for since I was six years old was being free as it. I was identified as what I'm not, and I was trying to be free as that I'm not, instead of from. Once that was corrected, then that which was gonna be a hopeful future arrival became a possibility now. I'm inherently free from it because I'm not it. This works, and all the other pointings hasn't worked for me. I do not want to have someone describe what I am and have what I'm not here. It just drives it even crazier. I want someone to describe what I'm not so I can say, hey, I'm not that, and then I find out what I am. It's different. It's a different thing. Because if it is in the act of being identified as the obscuring agent, you have to see you're not that which you're identified as, or the obscuring will continue. I don't care how bright and shiny you get, that bright and shininess will be the obscuring agent. I don't care how dumb and crazy you are, that will be the obscuring agent. It's not what's going, it's the who. It's the idea of who you are that's the obscuring agent. Yeah. So here, there's the dreaming, like in The Course in Miracles, it describes this place as dreaming, yes? And it says, it doesn't say you're in the, in the dream, it says you and I, we're the dreaming of the dreaming. We're dreaming, we're it. We're giving everything all the meaning it has, which is a very comprehensive statement. It has everything and all in the one sentence. Basically, what else is giving everything all the meaning it has? Is it the Labrador? They're implying something, yeah? The Course is implying that you actually are what you're looking for. You just don't think so, basically. And it says, you know what? We're depending on the brain to collate this whole event, and the brain interprets to the body of which it is a part. So its target audience is you as a body. And the whole, the whole narration and all the collating and all the history and all the memories when you remember yourself in the past, how are you pictured as a body, yes? If you go into memories, how are you pictured? You're a body. When you're worrying about you in the future, what are you worrying about you as a body? Yes, yes. So here, 
in spirituality, they talk about the undeniable I am, which is onness, yeah? The mental process goes around that by going, I was. Look at all the pictures. Look at them. There I am in first grade. There, where I, there I am when I was born. I had fucking no idea. But there I am. Other people told me that was me. Yeah? And then, so I was Paul. And then, Jesus, I'm picturing myself with cancer. You must be picturing a body in five years. So you, you're worrying about yourself in the future is another form of remembering Paul now. Yeah? So the mental process goes, I was Paul as a body. I will be Paul as a body, therefore I am Paul as a body now. There you go. And now the I am is used to verify what you're not, really. It's an incredible move. It really is, man. It is incredible. And I'm telling you, it must be so flipped out, I probably didn't believe it could get away with it. <laughs> it has you holding the bag. Oh, it's unbelievable. It drives you out to drink and then bitches about why you did it, yeah? It's, un, it's an incredible, incredible system. So, you know, I'm looking at the problem from the solution. I got relief. That's just that simple. And it's obviously I had nothing to do with it. I'm just a beneficiary. I'm an expression of something. And I know my head, my mental claiming can't reach far enough to get in front of it. It just can't. So it's obvious I have really nothing to do with it, just like these talks. If I was talking, I wouldn't have come to Portland, probably. But because I just show up because it's not me. I've never missed a meeting because I've never came. <laughs> you think I had a get ready room here? Doing hyperventilate? No, I just fucking walk in because it's that obvious. This isn't like. Uh, you know, fucking multi-dimensional mathematics. It's basically that which comes after is implied to be before. And so we start at the after thinking it's the before, and then what is before it has to be made after. And now we're looking for it. Yeah. Instead of recognizing we are we are it. You're not it as this, but as that you are, yeah? So it's in seeing what you're not, it's in the negation of what's taken to be so, then the affirmation becomes obvious. It doesn't work through affirmation because all you're doing is reinforcing what you're not. Yeah, so. yeah and then you have a tune like this all day. Yeah. So instead of, I'm using this day to get somewhere and arrive at, it's based on having never left, really. Yeah, there's a great old, there's a yogic mantra. I did a talk at this yoga studio in Philadelphia and they translate a lot of different ways. This yoga teacher translated with gone, gone, gone to the other shore. The other shore means awakening, right, in Buddhism. So gone, gone, gone to the other shore, arriving at the other shore on having never left. Gone, gone, gone. So let's just, we can throw out the gone, gone, gone. We can throw out trying to arrive at the other shore. We can throw out the other shore and just to have the one sentence on having never left. That's basically it. You can go through a lot of work through time to arrive there, or you can just hear a message and maybe start there. Yeah. You're going to arrive there inevitably. If something really whacks you in this life and interrupts your little story, it's going to tell you when it does, it's always been this way. It will, it will reveal none of what you thought happened or is going to happen, ever did or will. That's what it does. 
It just shows you the obviousness of its allness, everywhereness, at all times. Yeah? So you can either work and go arrive there. That's all right. It doesn't matter. You're not, you know, it's not like you're going to miss the bus. <laughs> it's not just work that way. Because if it dawns in you, there's no quality in time in it. So basically, it's timeless. So it doesn't matter what time you arrive there. It's going to be timeless when you do. Yeah? So it talks, takes all the sweat out of it. And, you know, I'm really, I'm fucking delaying. You know, no, you're not. I should have jumped off the cliff. You didn't. Who cares? Yeah? There'll be many cliffs. What do you think? There's just one cliff in one moment of your life? Fuck it. It's crazy. You know, I've got to go to intensive. It's not intense enough in Portland. You have to go pay to have an intensive. That going up to freaking Victoria with the ferries, you know, I got up at three in the morning in California. I was up for 21 hours. I was an intensive. Yeah. Talking like seven of those hours. I was like, I was had like a, like a, you know, like, you know how that microdosing, it was like a micro electrocution. You know, just fucking, just energetically. <laughs> This little wattage, this bulb maybe can handle like 100 watts, but it can't handle 200 watts for too long. It gets fried out. Got to sleep, and then it can't sleep. It's just, you know, it's hearing the celestial spheres going off all day. <laughs> so this idea of retreats and intensives, I would just look into this and just see if it fits, yeah? And see what, what, how you get moved from here. How, just see how you get moved from on having never left. Just see, yeah? I think it would be much more leisurely, yeah? Because on having never left is a very nice sense of just like that, so. Yeah, I think that's it, it's running, eh? Any questions tonight? I could go in, if you want me to go more into it, I'll just go into the one thing. Just look at thoughts and then see the difference between a thought and your thought. Yeah. Just let's put like words up here. Let's put uh, relationships, health, money, yeah? And everyone would have a reaction based on they, their seeming condition in relation to those things. I'm gonna change the word completely without changing any letter in any of them. I'm just gonna put my in front, my money, my health, my relationships. So I want all of you to have a lot of money, but I don't want you to have any of my money. You see, the my changes everything. That's what's happening. We're before that, and that's the mental process. The mental process is the act of my. We're before that, we're the seeing, yeah? We start after that. We're the product of all the claiming. The noun is derived from the verb. The noun is not verbing. The verbing is being used to imply the noun. If you have that which comes after before, the equation's never gonna work. You've gotta see that we're trained, we're conditioned as this to think that time is linear. We believe there was a past, and then there's now, and then there's a future, and it's inexorably going this way, yes? But the mental process doesn't see it that way. It uses what comes after to imply it's before, yeah? It puts, an, it claims the verbing and makes a noun out of it and then puts the noun in front of the verbing. I had this guy, he called me, he knew, he knew me well in the talks, so he said, let's not call it selfing, because that's what I call the mental processes, yeah? There is no self, there is no thing, but there's the act of being identified as a self. 
That's a verb. That's an activity. So, so I use this, this term a lot. So he says, all right, Paul, let's say on a bad day, how much is Paul Pauling? Yeah. Like 70%, 80%. And he says, on a good day, how much is Paul Pauling? Like 10%? And he had this whole thing going on. But I said, no, 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 no. The Pauling, the Paul is derived from the Pauling. He was the illustration of exactly what I was saying. He thought the Paul was doing the Pauling. The Paul, the Paul is made up out of the Pauling. Yeah? There's Pauling, and then there's the idea or the implied idea that there's Paul. And he did the switcheroo. He was talking as if Paul was doing or not doing the Pauling. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And the stubbornness of that, that idea is so strong, it will go. You will have a miracle, and you'll forget it in an hour. Yet you'll be ruminating over resentment for 40 fucking years. You got this head has a different ball game going on than what you think. It wants to, you know, remember like if you're having a really good time, you start getting a little worried that people are gonna figure out you're a fraud or something, yeah? But then if you're feeling like a little weird, it says it's gonna be a lifelong depression, you know? The good gets sort of squished, the long goes, oh, fuck, yeah? You want that to be the theme setter all day? You want to really follow that theme? If you see it as not you, you'll lose interest in it. When you lose interest in it, you'll gain interest in other no things, really. Yeah? You're going to have an incredible interest in the thoughts if they're held as yours. You'll have less of an interest if you see them as thoughts. Yeah? It's a difference between hearing and listening. We're conscious, so we're going to hear thoughts. But listening to them is a different ballgame. There's an ownership there, and that's the bonding mechanism. At that point, when you own a thought and it's yours, that thought that's yours can own you and yeah? can ruin your holiday. One thought. It's not the thought, it's us. We're giving our power away to this idea, and the idea is biting us on our proverbial ass with it. Course in Miracles, if you like it or not, has an incredible description of what's happening. It says, you and I are the dreaming of the dreaming. We forget that we're dreaming. My feeling is how we forget that we're dream dreaming is we identify with the dreamt. Yes? And as Hawaiian Post says, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. So whatever is seen as the dream, whatever can be dreamt cannot be the dreaming. Yes? So now suddenly, there's an identification as the dreamt, and now suddenly, that which is dreaming everything, now what it, everything is dreaming now has a newfound ability to affect it as the dreamt. Yeah? So it's dreaming thoughts, the dreamt sees them as his or hers, now the thoughts own the dreamt. Yeah? The dreamt can be driven crazy by thoughts. Yes? Time. Look at it. Look at what most people are involved with all day. They're in what's not happening all day. I was going to go to school as a psychiatrist, like a psychologist. My specialty was going to be what's not happening. <laughs> I would book about 60 people in one day. They'd all think they, were, they would have an hour interview or whatever. They'd come in, they'd start bitching about what's not happening. I said, Mr. Smith, that's not happening. See you next week. They'd be out of there. I would retire in one day's work. Because what happens, if I try to apply a solution to something that isn't happening, that's the bigger fucking problem. 
You just, hey, it's not happening. Really, is it? Is next week that's driving you crazy tonight, is next week happening? The only way it can seem to be happening is when what's happening, us, is entertaining it. Really? Yes? <laughs> I just can't believe it. We think we're everything, but it, that everything we think is so small. You think you're the center of the universe, but that universe is so small. What we really are is unfucking believable. We are, you know, Lazarus, supposedly Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. That was his big miracle, yeah? But at least Lazarus was alive at once. We're making shit out of nothing all fucking day. I see people ruin their day by fucking. I had I saw a person in recovery the other day, and they were they were so fucked up by August fifth, and it was like July 9th. I'm like, what the fuck? August fifth ran right over July 9th, and it was July 9th. It's incredible. How are you gonna how? Where is there a solution for that? How can you solve what may never happen on August 5th? My simple idea about the past, if something was supposed to happen, it did. And if it didn't, it wasn't. End of story. I have this thing, my head always wants to talk about it. I would have been a pro surfer, but it forgets this big, big point. I got run over by a car twice. My leg's bent, and I can't even feel my foot. It just exempts that little fact and goes off on its, oh, I would have been. <laughs> but, but, hey, psh, it's sort of like what I was using. I would forget I owed people money, but they didn't forget I owed them money. <laughs> I would forget I had a court date, but they didn't forget I have a court date. This is what the head's like. It likes to go off on these tangents and just omitting certain very important facts, like, oh, if I was a woman, I'd have two kids by now, but I'm not a woman. So this stuff is just, this in a way, if you just had the horse in front of the car, a lot of things would shake down without much work on it, really. You would see through a lot of stuff. It would, uh, or you just wouldn't care anything more about it. You would, and acceptance would flood in. You see, when I saw me as this, it was like an, a continual urban renewal project. I was constantly trying to make it better and work on it because I found so many fucking faults in it and its behaviors, and so did many others. But when I saw it wasn't me, it was the greatest day the body ever had, really. Because all that spotlight got lifted. Could you imagine this poor thing being thought about millions of times by a very powerful mind? It can't handle it, yeah? You watch people now, they're flipped out. If you sit with them more than a minute, they're flipped out. <laughs> the, the, the neuroses are like feeding on themselves. It's unbelievable, the convolution of self going up the ass of self. Yes, do you have a question? So I have this old question in Buddhism. Everyone has Buddha nature. Why work at it? Uh, we're all Buddhas. Why, why do we do anything? You know, why why meditate? Why look at koans? Um, well, why not really? And uh, and then like you're kind of talking about this idea of like you know you know if you if you on this like, spiritual path and you become deluded in your ideas of like what you're going 
going to become? And should should we work? Hmm? Should we work at it? You may want to work on physical and mental health and stuff like that, but I would have spirituality, mostly spirituality as we see it now, mostly about the brain and the body. You know? Like for me, there's blood pressure in this body, so it's good to sit for 10 minutes. But if I find myself sitting for 13 hours, I think I'm going somewhere. Yeah? I think this is going to go somewhere. This is going to transcend or go somewhere. That's a mistake. Yeah? So I would love to see spirituality. I would love to have committees that would review people's applications for retreats. I would, I would like to see some fucking denials. If you've had 30 retreats, you should not go on another retreat. You shouldn't. Use the money for a scholarship for someone else. But there's no fucking committees. People are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah? I know people, they get in touch with me on Skype, they watch 13 hours of videos. They don't go to fucking sleep hoping to get it, yeah? Spirituality is a fertile, a fertile field for addiction, just like fucking drugs and alcohol. And it's even worse because in spirituality, there's no intervention. No one's gonna come up and say, you've had too many thoughts out. Put down that DVD. Don't fucking read that. No, they go on and on and on. I see it. I go to a lot of spiritual groups. That's what I'm talking about. And you and I have our seat assignment. And if you're supposed to meditate, you can. You'll be meditating. It will have nothing to do with fucking you. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. And then hopefully you'll get to the point where you'll feel meditated. Yeah, because if you're available and you're here, you'll feel presence. Yeah. You'll feel it. That which you want to arrive at through effort, you'll see is there now. Yeah. So everyone has their seat assignment. You're going to do what you're going to do. But was there a you that did it? Hmm? Is there a you that did it? Are you actually asking me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to believe there is no me, but there's definitely a part of me that thinks there's a me. Of course, the me thinks it's a me, for sure. It's strong, too. Just like the body thinks it's a body. That's what we're talking about. We're not trying to convince the body it's not the body, and we're not trying to convince the action figure that it has no free will, because it feels like it has free will. So just do the next right thing. What we're trying to do is look at, are you the action figure? If you are or you're not, changes everything. We're not trying to change anything. We're just seeing, is there one there, yeah? Is there a long-lasting, independent, independent, separate thing that's doing and having and losing and gaining? Is there or isn't there? That's basically it, yeah? I don't care about the stuff that comes after. I care about that which is being implied to be before, yeah? Because I see the relief isn't in how I cultivate or manage thoughts, it's seeing that I'm not the thinker, really. When the my weakens, the thoughts have less power. And the my isn't coming from the thoughts, yes? It's the claiming of the thoughts. Something's generating the sense of ownership. That's where the weight is. That's where it is. So I don't care what people are doing. When people go, oh, I recognize I'm judging all day, and they assume they're going to have to stop, just see that you're not that which is judging all day. How is that which is based on comparing and comparisons going to stop judging? It's fool's gold, yeah? You're not talking to the body. You're talking to what you're not, then. I'm talking to what we are, 
That's not a body. And then they can see quite easily how it isn't a body because it isn't a body. Yeah? Yeah. And then whatever you're calling. I've been sober 31 years. I go to AA, sponsor people, enjoy the meetings like crazy. I love it. I like to see people's eyes light up and get relief from unbearable fucking suffering, mostly from what's not happening. I never even question myself. Someone said, why do you go? I have no idea. I don't even know how I feel most of the day. Because I'm not that interested in it, really. And I really think the real relief here is a loss in interest in you getting relief, really. That, to me, is the greatest relief, is losing all that interest in you getting relief. Yeah. The first thing that hit me was that need to be liberated was dismissed, because I'm not that which needs to be liberated. That was awesome. Because I believed interest and attention was necessary, and it isn't. It's better if it's dispersed and becomes relaxed than if it's focused and concentrated. You miss so much when it's focused and concentrated. When it's panoramic, you see a lot more. You know? And like I said, I have no science of spirituality. I don't want to, I don't care. I don't care if this life is meant to be used to go somewhere else. I just don't believe it. You know? I think this is used, yeah, and I feel something is used in me, and it's a lot better than the last fucking thing that used me. <laughs> so I feel like I've had a huge upgrade, and, uh, and you realize that something can do for you what you can't do for yourself, and just expand on what you can't do for yourself. So, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know for me the stuff stopped when this hit. I haven't done anything formally since, and it seems to be okay. You know, the spiritual root didn't collapse in on me. I didn't get sent to hell or anything. Yeah, just seemed to work, so that's all, you know, you just uh, follow the crumbs. If something's working and you see the verification of the tree by the fruit, I'm gonna eat more of the fruit. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm just hoping to warn and put a counter balance because I don't think what people call spirit, generally, what I thought people was calling spirituality has anything to do with what we are, really. I don't think, if you look at consciousness, conscious contact, let's call it, yeah? Is it demonstrating any thought or effort to see and hear and feel and taste and touch? Now, if you have bad ears, that could block it off, but is that which is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, demonstrating any effort to be, yeah? In other words, am I sweating because I sore a lot already today? You know, I've been seeing all day. I'm exhausted. No. Yeah? It's, it's, and it's, does it demonstrate any thought or effort? I don't see. And I don't see any volition. You know, you can take a vow. I'm never, I never want to see a bird. And if your eyes are open looking out a window, you're going to see a bird probably. Yeah? So the idea of me comes after the conscious contact. It's 101, laboratory. Just check it out. You, the idea of you comes after something called conscious contact. I would say, I would pin that as being more you than this. Yeah? Really. And I see that, conscious contact, demonstrating no thought or effort to be what it is. I just don't believe thought and effort will arrive or bring you to that which demonstrates no thought or effort. I just don't believe it. I don't think that's the way to approach what you are. I don't. I think it's more a, a disarming than a call to arms, really. You just realize 
This is totally futile. What, you, what you're not is never going to arrive at what it is because it's never left. Yeah? It's never going to see it because it is it. It's impossible. So that futility is the best. That's when the interest and attention gets sucked in all these fucking noble endeavors to try to arrive at some place that you already are because the head likes to become. It doesn't give a shit about being. It, as long as it can become, it be in the act of becoming, it'll do it for fucking 50 years. But the, the idea of that it's be, it, you already are that, is no interest to it, really. Yeah? Because he can't get much shine off of that. He can't. And it's living on reflection, basically. It's, it's living on, it's like the moon parading like the sun. The last thing the moon wants to find out is the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... That's that, eh? Any, any questions? We have some books, and uh, we have a new book in coming out, too. I should say this on the YouTube. Called, I think it's called uh, Volume 1 of the Incomplete Works of Paul Hedeman. That's that one. And we have t-shirts, which I wish I would have worn. Send bitch slap t-shirts, and uh, please support us by... Uh, and don't get arrested wearing one of them, though, please. Don't get arrested with the Zen bitch slap shirt on. It doesn't look good for our, our brand. I sell them to people in recovery and I'm afraid they're gonna get popped and Zen bitch slap. <laughs> so yeah, that's it I think. Did we pass the basket? I think we have one more night here in Portland, yeah? Tomorrow would be more advanced. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> We're going to give it a secret handshake. <laughs> yeah.